Welcome to the Pay Yourself First podcast. My name is Chris Jolly, and I'm on a mission to financially empower millions of entrepreneurs. I want you to make and keep more money so that you can begin implementing and turbocharging a plan for creating financial freedom your way during the life cycle of your current business without spending a ton of time or becoming a professional investor. You see, most of the financial teachings out there are made for employees, not entrepreneurs. If you wouldn't listen to someone who doesn't have kids about parenting, why take business financial advice from someone without a business? Are you ready to break free of bad advice and follow the trail of other uncommon entrepreneurs so you can get from where you are now to the lifestyle you were aiming to create when you started your business? Then stick around. Here comes another episode of Pay Yourself First, where the only investment we offer is the one you make in yourself. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I am super excited. I always am because today we have another amazing online entrepreneur for you. Her name is Leslie Berry, and she is with Lily Rose. Leslie, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you today? I'm doing super good. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day and to come be interviewed on the podcast and share all the great wisdom and insights I know you've got with my audience. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Very cool. Appreciate it. So now why don't you tell everybody a little bit more about what your business is and who you serve and what you do for them? Yeah, definitely. So my business is called Lily Rose DA. It's a digital marketing and consulting agency. I recently revamped my business last year. So it is now consulting and strategy for marketing. So it is a lot of people who are coming to, they're trying to figure out how to gain their presence online. And so I come in and I'm like, okay, what are your goals for the year? And then I help come up with the strategy and I break it down by quarters. So by this quarter, this is what we want. By this quarter, we're building upon last quarter so that people can be seen online and they can see that it's actually not as hard as it seems to be because it can be hard if you don't know what you're doing. Absolutely. So how did you get started in this business? Oh, wow. So I actually was head of marketing at my last company. I started off as an admin and then I worked my way up to head of marketing within a three-year time period and COVID happened. And so here's the thing. I didn't really like where I was working. I'm going to be honest. And I, I started my business while I was still doing my nine to five. And I did that for about a year. And then I remember I had like a series of events that happened at my job that just made me mad. And I came in and I like sat down with the general manager and the CEO. And I was like, here's the thing. I have my own business. Here's all my paperwork. Just hire me as a contractor because I don't want to work here anymore. And they gave me four of their businesses. And that's how it took off. Yeah. I love that story. And I think it's one that is very common with a lot of people who are in your industry and run similar agencies is that they start with that freelance uh, entrepreneurial work and then build a business around that. Now, Mm -hmm. you mentioned that you just recently made a pivot in your business. Can you explain a little bit more about why you made that decision and what some of the challenges have been like? Yes. Before, for the first two years of my business, I was a full service agency. Most of my clients came to me because they wanted content creation and management services, as well as strategy and consulting. And I realized that even though I really do enjoy making content, my background is actually in teaching. And so what I loved most about my business was coming up with strategy. And I also realized that As most entrepreneurs do, myself included, I was pricing myself too low. And so in order for me to get 
the price point that I needed to be in order to actually gain the profits consistently and not feel like I'm still having a paycheck to paycheck mindset. I sat and I said, okay, we're going to have to raise our prices. We're only going to do what we want to do, which is the consulting and the strategy. And we can give ideas of content creation, but basically I'm coming in and I'm giving you a blueprint for your team to use to go ahead and get your business out there. I am no longer the team, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I think that when people go from working in an industry to starting in a, a business in an industry, that's one of the processes that they often undergo is how do I move from, hey, I know how to do all this work because I used to do it for my job to how do I build a business that is around my strengths and what I really love to do? Yeah, definitely. So can you tell us a little bit about what the biggest financial challenges in starting the business have been for you? Like I said, it was pricing myself correctly. In the beginning, it was more, I had my client, my old job, and I was working on four of their companies. But I was also being out there and trying to make sure that I had more clients as well. And in the very beginning, I guess I just didn't have the confidence that I should have had because even though I've been marketing for over 10 years, in my mind, it was for a different company. So who's actually really going to pay attention to me? So I took jobs at a lower standpoint, mainly so that I could get the testimonials that I needed and things like that. I had a steady paycheck coming in and all I cared about at that point, honestly, was just working from home because I am definitely one of those people that I do better by myself. So it was more about finding my price points and then being confident, even though like you can do so many things, but what is it that you know you can do the best at, right? What can you be the best at? And once I found that out, it was technically I have 10 years experience. So I shouldn't be pricing myself as someone who has just started in this game. I need to be pricing myself as someone who has that much experience and who can actually say, no, I know what I'm talking about. I think that's such a great point. Asking for what you're worth can be a big challenge for honestly, just for anybody, but especially as an entrepreneur and a first time entrepreneur, getting a feel for what your product is worth in the marketplace and how much value you actually do offer people. And then owning that can be something that's very difficult for a lot of entrepreneurs. Yeah, definitely. Very nice. Now, can you tell us a little bit about what, when your customers come to you, what is the number one problem they're trying to solve? Where are they stumbling the most with their marketing? So they're trying to market to everyone and their product or service is not for everyone. And a lot of people in the beginning, they get, they feel offended when I say that, but it's true. What I really hone in on is what generation is your customer. So I really focus on generations because in marketing, as well as in sales, we buy emotionally and we're looking for the emotional response. And if I know what generation your customers and I know what they value and I know how to help you create content that speaks specifically to them, right? For example, if you have baby boomers, then they really value legacy and they really value education. So you are leading with your credentials. You're saying how your business like either is a part of a legacy or it makes them feel like they're leaving a legacy behind. 
if you have people who are Gen Xers, these are the people that are like the Silicon Valley people. They are natural managers. They're considered the latchkey kids. They basically raised themselves. Their parents are out working and they're nine years old. And their parents are like, here's the key. Don't let anybody else have this. They're used to being independent. So they are the ones that started the work-life balance, right? So you need to talk to them as if they're a manager. You need to talk to them as if they're a trendsetter. If you're talking to millennials, our rose-colored glasses people, we grew up hearing that we can be anything we want to be, and then the recession happened. So motivational things are great for millennials, like journal prompts, all those motivational, like, you can do it. And really talking to them through stories is really good, too. And I do mean stories as in Snapchat or Instagram stories. And Gen Z, if you want to talk to them and get them to stop scrolling, then you need to talk about what do you believe in? Can we actually show, is there data that shows that you really have been a part of this cause from day one? They want to know that you are a part of changing something. So I bring all that up mainly to say that when you know who your customer is specifically, maybe they fall within those generations, maybe one or two, then you're able to have the right verbiage to be able to talk to your um, potential customers because you're fighting for their attention. And it's one thing to say, hello, my name is Leslie Rogers Berry, and I've been in business for 10 years and I'm doing that is for a boomer compared to, I really believe in like women's rights in this country and this is what I've been doing and this is like the funds. Now I'm talking to a Gen Zer. That is what gets them to stop and that is what gets people to emotionally invest. And that is the number one thing that a lot of people don't understand. Yeah, I think that's so crucial because if you're talking to somebody from a different generation, sometimes even linguistically, it's almost like speaking another language. Yeah. And if you don't have that, those correct types of communication, it's very easy for your message to get missed for sure. Okay, tell us what is the biggest constraint you have in your business right now that's keeping it from growing? The biggest constraint was not pricing myself enough. So it was November of last year that I made this shift in my business because I wanted to make sure that not only I was making money, but I was able to outsource things and I'm able to hire like my virtual assistant and I'm able to pay them, get my clients as well as go on vacation. <laughs> so really the biggest thing was telling myself like, hey, you honestly can't afford to be at this price point any longer. Not if you're trying to grow. So that was the biggest thing. I gotcha. Now, as somebody who's moved from the professional world, the corporate, into doing your own thing, what have been the biggest challenges going from being an employee to being the owner? Mindset. I think the biggest thing is, for me, I was super excited, but also realizing that you have fat months and lean months, realizing that it's all on you if you succeed or fail can be crippling if you let it be because you're just like I have so much to do and I'm wearing all the hats and I don't know if I can do this so really working on my mindset I take time daily to journal and to write and to do some sort of meditation simply so that I'm in the right mindset so that I can actually do my job because it can get overwhelming very quickly, whether that is you have so many people coming in, or it can get overwhelming when the contracts are up, and maybe their business is closing. So like you're constantly in search of a new client. 
Absolutely. Okay. Tell us a little bit now about financial freedom. So I want you to imagine a time in your business when you've gotten to the point that you can totally replace yourself in all of the positions if you want to. You don't have to show up and do a job. You have all the money that you need coming in to fund your dream lifestyle. What are you doing with your time and how does that look for you? What I'm doing with my time is I am singing and I am acting and I am traveling. So I went to school for music and theater and also teaching. So it's more of, I love to travel. I love to tell people about where I'm going. I still love singing in cafes and like helping bring the ambiance to people and acting in plays. So being able to have everything set up where I can work on my business maybe for two or three hours tops for the day because it's already set up. And then at night, I'm at rehearsal for a play. It's a ah, sweet spot, everything. Love it. Where would you like to travel to? What's top on your bucket list right now? Oh, man. Okay. I really want to go to Taiwan. I used to live in China, but I never visited Taiwan, which I think was dumb. And I should have, so I want to go there. I definitely want to go to Istanbul, and I'm very interested in going to Scotland as well. Very cool. That's a diverse mix of places. Yeah. I love it. I think Iceland is probably next on the list for me, if my girlfriend has anything to say about it anyway, which she usually does. <laughs> I hear it is stunning in Iceland. My husband went. He really liked it. Very cool. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. It's definitely a big trip. Okay, now tell me about one big initiative you have in your business. If you could get one thing accomplished before the end of this year within the business, what is that? My thing is I want to have a conference that my business is a part of or sponsors. I work with a lot of female entrepreneurs. So being able to bring on other entrepreneurs and showing off their expertise is really big. Um, networking. To be able to have a conference where people can actually meet up and network and talk to each other and really grow their own businesses as well as their confidence has been something that I've been strategically working towards all year, like at the start of this year as well. And that sounds like a lot of fun. Do you have a name for that yet? I don't have a name for it. I have a private marketing group called Glow Up Marketing Mavens. So maybe it'll have something with a glow up in it, but still working on the name. All right. We'll have to keep an eye out for that one. Okay. Yeah. Now tell me, I know that most business owners are at least keeping the financials inside of their business, but often that doesn't transfer over to their personal life. Do you have a personal financial plan that you follow? And if so, what does it look like? So I'm actually, I've been reading a lot about investing as well as looking into like different types of what is it like insurance and stuff so mm -hmm. i'm looking at different ways of investing money right now especially whether it is in another business i'm dealing with some form of agriculture because i love plants and animals and things like that so seeing how you can have a regenerative farm or anything that is sustainable. I have a few friends that do that. And so I'm like looking into how can I have another business going as well as this one. Very cool. Now tell us, Leslie, for anybody who wants to find out more about you and what you do at Lily Rose, where can they go to do that? Yes, you can go to my website, www.lilyrosedma.com. And if you guys are interested in learning how to 
have a self-study marketing program where I go over mindset, sales, generational marketing, all that. If you go to my website, you will see a tab that says marketing program. Just click on that and you will get all of that information. Very cool. Thanks for sharing that. Now, before we let you go, any parting words or pieces of advice to other entrepreneurs out there? Yeah, you're not perfect and it's not going to be perfect. And don't be afraid to show up anyway. Um, You're going to have fat months, lean months, but also just know that it's going to be okay, but also start networking. Networking isn't just about getting other jobs. It's about being around other entrepreneurs and learning from them. And when you do that, you will start to see that you're actually really not in such a bad spot and you do know a lot more than you think you do. Amazing. Leslie, you've had so many valuable insights to share with the audience and myself, and I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come on and just drop your wisdom. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And to everybody out there in the audience, if you enjoyed this as well, and you haven't had a chance to subscribe to the podcast yet, you can go ahead and do that for us and leave us one of those five-star reviews as well. It does help us out a ton in getting the message out to more amazing entrepreneurs. And if you happen to be an online entrepreneur like our awesome guest, Leslie, and you want to come and share your knowledge with us, we would love to have you on the show as well. To do that, go to pyfpodcast.com. That's the letters pyfpodcast.com. We will see you next time. Leslie, thanks again. If you've listened this far, chances are you're an entrepreneur looking to become more financially literate and create financial freedom for yourself from your business. The Pay Yourself First podcast is definitely here to help with that. My goal is to continue to share what I've learned about using your business as the tool to create financial freedom. But let's face it, it would take me years to share with you everything you need to know via these episodes. Creating financial freedom is something that most people never even consider, let alone make a plan for or take action towards. It's something almost no one was taught anything about. Doing it as an entrepreneur is even more challenging, especially without support. So if you're ready to get clear on what financial freedom looks like for you, come up with an action plan and get the support systems and accountability you need, I invite you to consider the Abundantly Infinite Entrepreneur. I created the program to help entrepreneurs just like you get a handle on their personal and business finances and start building confidently towards financial freedom. And it's how you can discover ways to take 10 years off your retirement, add an extra five or six figures to your portfolio, and finally get clear on what numbers you should be tracking in your business and why. Together, we'll gain clarity around your financial goals and what being financially free would actually look like for you. Then we'll put together a customized game plan to get you there and the accountability to see you through. And by the way, you're also going to get all the spreadsheets you need to run your numbers, lifetime access to the materials, including any updates, and entry into our members-only community. In addition to all the knowledge, coaching, community, and systems that you need to create financial freedom from your business, you'll also receive a free financial assessment, a retirement planning session, and guided meditation aimed at helping you embody the feeling of true financial freedom. So yeah, you can just listen to the free content on these podcasts to help you move towards becoming a financially free entrepreneur. And sure, you'll likely see some results, or you can make the decision to commit to learning, implementing, and embodying what you need to know to create the financially free life you dreamed of when you started your business journey. Click the link in the show notes to answer a quick questionnaire, and you'll be on your way to joining the Abundantly Infinite Entrepreneur.